1: Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. All right. Our guest today, Brad Cartier is a real estate developer, writer, Prop tech investor and advisor and marketing consultant in the real estate technology space. Brad is the co founder of Blair Capital Asset Management, which develops and manages missing middle multifamily in, in the Ottawa area. Brad is also an advisor and angel investor to a number of property technology startups and a marketing mentor for the Metaprop Accelerator program. Brad is also a writer on all things real estate of the briefcase.email, which is a he's the co founder. Can't recommend a newsletter more highly. He's written for Motley Fool, Roofstock, Stessa, and more. In all, Brad oversees a portfolio of around 100 rental properties, including long, medium, and short term rentals. Also, he's a dad. Okay. He likes spending his time with his wife and four daughters. Four daughters who gifted him with the coveted number one dad mug, which is obviously not the case because I'm the number one dad, but okay, Brad, we're not going to make a big deal about that. Anyway, Brad also volunteers on the Ottawa Real Estate Investors Organization Executive Board, which is a local group of 300 local real estate entrepreneurs. All right, we're really happy to have Brad on the show today. Can't wait to get into it.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot for uh, having me on, Aaron.
1: Thanks. And I'm glad our various PR people hooked us up because... You know the the briefcase, the newsletter that you write. So I know I know that you're an investor. Tell me a little bit. Give give the listeners a little bit of background so they know who you are besides the curator and writer of the briefcase.
0: Yeah. Uh, so first of all, thanks for giving me the chance to chat with you and hopefully provide some value to your to your audience. Um, my name is Brad Carche. I uh, have been a real estate investor for about 15 years. Got my start buying new build condos. I don't know if you can tell from the photo, but I'm not. I'm not built for handyman work. I'm. Uh, uh, you don't want me swinging a hammer, so I, I always knew I wanted to get into real estate uh, investing. But I knew things like you know the 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 flipping side of it or the value add side of it wasn't really uh, my wheelhouse. So started out super simple: new build condos, buy them brand new. Not a whole lot uh, to to do. You know, you have a, a condo boards here in Canada, HOAs in the U.S. that deal with a lot of the maintenance. So. Developed a, a small portfolio of condos and then started to think, you know, it's very difficult to scale up when you're doing sort of the single family homes and, and, and condos. Um, so I pivoted to multifamily and uh, bought my first duplex and then that went into a triplex and then a fourplex. And uh, then the, the real estate market just caught on fire, you know, um, up here in Canada, very similar to the U.S. And uh, a lot of the deals just didn't make sense. So we actually started our own development company. Uh, so we bought we buy underutilized land and we build up uh, missing middle type uh, multifamily developments and create our own value so we 're not overpaying for an asset we're we 're building it ourselves and uh, just for your audience as well, I have a, a background in in property technology and marketing. I do a lot of writing for American uh, clients like roofstock and Stessa. so very very steeped in the u s uh, housing uh, housing market uh, even though i'm i 'm up here in 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 the north.
1: It's interesting, Brad, because you are the second person I've interviewed in the last week or so that has taken that approach of starting their own development company, about buying land and going from the ground up to get it done. And it seems like that's where we're at in the cycle: is that the value has been sucked out of the market of existing properties, and you've got to, if you're going to, if you're going to be in that commercial realm, you're going to need to build it yourself. To Get any value out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And that was the that was the thought process for us. And it, it complicates your life a little bit in that you're more you're more of a vertically integrated investing team at that point where you have the acquisition side, you have the building side, you have the financing side, and then you have the long term management side. So it's it's a bit more work up front, but it's a lot easier to scale once you have those pieces in place and the team in place.
1: Great. I love the idea. It's just not it's so outside the realm of what I do was a managing broker for residential team. It's, so I'm always interested, like, how do you get into that? You know, I mean, but I think it's really interesting stuff to be able to do that. And so you don't, so you're not buying or selling properties, you're buying land and developing it and holding it. And then you have you're, you're managing doors.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Very cool. All right. That's awesome. And then the thing that really mostly intrigued, really intrigued me, not mostly, but really intrigued me was the briefcase was your newsletter, the briefcase, because there's, there's so much noise, you know, I mean, I, my email box could not, I don't want to say this because I'm afraid the universe is going to be like, oh yeah, hold my beer, but it's just, it's just full of garbage information. You know, first of all, there's the the title company news you can use that you get, which is so generic or the various lenders or the various, you know, insurance sales, you know, insurance, financial consultants that it's all canned news you can use, you know, it's, it's you. And then there's what, uh, keeping current, whatever that the program is that realtors can buy for 29 bucks a month, keeping current matters or whatever it is, but it's all just so general and generic and not insightful at all. And then you go ahead and produce this, this newsletter called the briefcase, which is just, it's just rad, you know? I mean, I was reading it and I was thinking I could do an unlimited amount of content each month out of just each piece of what it is you're writing. How did you get into that? Talk to me about where that comes from. Who does that writing? How long does it take you to develop that? I, I love it.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I couldn't think of a better promotion, Aaron. Thank you so much for that. I'm gonna,
1: yeah, I'm I blown that. away. I really do. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not blowing <laughs> smoke. I really was like, wow, this is exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. Back, Drew... Drew uh, Smith as a the Geek Estate which I love. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Drew Myers he's a,
1: Drew Myers, Drew Myers.
0: Yeah, he's a great writer and I've had a couple conversations with him. Uh he's actually, I'm a, I'm a member of Geek Estate and I love that community his content is top notch but top-notch. um yeah, just to answer your question uh Aaron, I think you hit the nail on the head. A lot of the content, I would say 90% of it out there right now is self-serving and it's promotional or it's salesy in a sneaky kind of way. And I just, I just got fed up with that. And I'm really passionate, obviously about real estate, but also equally passionate about education and teaching people the right things to do in real estate. There's so much noise out there and self-serving content and these, you know, so-called gurus and coaches and get rich quick that it just, it infuriates me. So we set out, my co-founder and I set out to create this, this free weekly newsletter and there was no, not going to be any self-serving elements of it. We just want to talk about real estate. And, you know, we're going to break down one interesting topic a week, pull out the data and make it accessible. That was really important was, um, you know, I'm not a trained economist or anything like that. I I really am writing for myself and and I write the newsletter on a weekly basis. It's probably the most enjoyable thing I do every week. I I, I wake up on Monday mornings and start to lay out the framework of it. And I, I sit there, you know, almost giggling at my computer, typing up this, uh, the, this newsletter. I just have a lot of fun writing it. And, uh, uh, and yeah, the, the whole goal behind it is just to be informative and engaging. And you, uh, as you saw, Aaron, our style of writing is a little bit different than uh, your typical uh, newsletter writing. It, we're trying- it
1: sounds like someone had fun writing it uh, just to be honest. It sounds like someone who's having a good time and, you know, to have a good time writing about, You know, the ins and outs of interest rate hikes, you know, it's not for everybody. You know, I mean, for most people, that's not even a fun topic. But for me and for you and for real estate geeks, it's like, yeah, that's some cool shit. I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One of our more recent one was on uh, treasury bond yields. So I was sitting there like, how am I going to make this interesting at all? So the the opening giphy is someone like falling asleep at a baseball game. It's like, okay, we're going to try and do the opposite of that. How are we going to spice this up? So mm-hmm. that's sort of the perspective we take with every newsletter. Yeah. It's how, how are we going to engage the audience? Because interest rates matter. Treasuries matter. All these things actually matter. But you know what? My eyes start to glaze over on some of these you know, government reports I read, or, mm-hmm. you know, some of the media coverage is just sort of surface level coverage, you know, like the CNBC coverage of interest rates heights. It's like, it's all the same stuff. Like, let's get down to the meat and potatoes of it. And
1: Yeah. And the, and the CNBC and the Jim Cramers, the, I mean, that's all self-serving crap too, because it's all headline mongering. It's all to get the click. It's all, none of it's really News, none of it, it's the same stuff over and over and over, and it's it's all about either the sky is falling or the whatever it is. It's it's clickbait. It's all clickbait. Cable news is a, no better than the Weekly World News, really. On a lot of a lot of levels.
0: Yeah, well, I tend to agree with that, and I think the secondary uh, driver for us as well is that. I'm very passionate about, you know, roofs over people's heads. And we're in a pretty rough situation right now where, you know, inflation's going up, supplies going down, interest rates are going up, you know, cost of living, all that kind of stuff. I think we're doing our citizens a huge disservice. And Canada is no different than the US, not providing more affordable options and enabling increased supply uh, in markets across the country. So that's sort of our that's our underlying mission. Uh, we write a lot about zoning and site planning and how essentially exclusionary zoning has made affordable housing illegal in North America. So that, that's sort of an underlying mission as well on, uh, you know, as well as having fun and being informative and educational. Um, we're really trying to change the dialogue around what we're doing to enable more housing in North America.
1: Yeah, you know, I was reading that the, the missing middle, that you wrote about, and you mentioned it in terms of your um, business plan. Talk about that for a minute. When you say the missing middle, talk about the focus you have on that.
0: Yeah. So missing middle housing essentially is anything from a duplex up to, you know, a 12plex. It's sort of, you know, you have your single family homes and your high rise condos. And then in between you have this, uh, it's why they call it the missing middle is because since, you know, the end of World War II, we've expanded out to the suburbs uh, so much that you know we've sort of lost that type of housing that is so prominent in places like Europe like they've they've had missing middle housing for for centuries in these in these old European villages at a necessity because they didn't have that urban sprawl they needed you know uh they needed to fit five families in these tall townhomes that were all stuck together so it's you know it's courtyard housing it's uh it's small multifamily it's low rise um and it's townhomes and i think there's such a huge demand uh, for that type of housing because that type of housing tends to fit in the more um, walkable uh, scenarios as opposed to you know the suburban ones where you have to drive. That's the type of development we develop, um, and that's the type of development that you're seeing uh, people wising up to the benefit of, particularly governments. You know, um, the state of California just instituted SB9, which now by right allows up to four units on a single-family lot. So they're starting. They're starting to encourage that gentle densification that, you know, is epitomized by the missing middle that I think anyone involved in that type of housing class over the next decade is going to be um, is going to have a lot of uh, options in terms of development and, you know, creating rental properties.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. It's fine. I just walked the property of FISBO in my area, but they're dividing to three and they could easily put, fit six units on that or or, du- or three duplexes or whatever they wanted to do. And it is this, you can see the, you know, and it's certainly happening in Seattle. I'm in the Seattle market. And that infill, the idea of density is finally, open. counties are finally opening up to mother-in-laws and hopefully tiny homes at some point will become a viable option for people. But you've got people sitting on, you know, these, parcels that could be infill you already have the structure versus more sprawl you know and then the thing you said about the headwinds about the I forgot how the exclusionary zoning i think is that how you said it yeah right but not my backyardness of the whole thing like you know everyone likes to tisk tisk about homelessness but you gotta build the homes you can't what do you they can't you know where, where, what do you want what do you want these people to do you gotta really make you've got to make room in your freaking backyard that is where they're going to go you know oh,
0: couldn't agree more and I, we wrote a piece called uh, housing is health uh, Aaron, if you look at the data on the studies around mental health and homelessness it all starts with a place to live that you are you know that you take ownership over um there's some really interesting studies on you know uh va homelessness and you know uh providing homes for these people that are not you know pieces of trash, essentially, like something they can take pride in. And then all of the knock on benefits of that, you know, now they're more, uh, those people are more able to get a job, they're more able to go to therapy, they're more willing to go to treatment, all that kind of stuff, like everything starts with your home and your house. So that's why I truly believe you're, you know, housing is health.
1: Brad, it's such a great way to look at it. thing to connect because the other side of it is, I mean, how quickly is someone gonna, someone's mental health going to deteriorate if they have no home? I mean, even if they're on the edge, if you can't find a place to live, you're necessarily going to start to go nuts. I mean, you know, probably a really crude and terrible way to say that. But at the same time, you know, the reality is if you force someone into homelessness for lack of opportunity for a place to live, what do you expect? yeah you know yeah. I think it's I think it's great, and it's a great you know charge to pick up. It's a great cause to for especially for us anyone listening is this is what we do. we're the, you know i mean we't we we did not make the problem, and we're necessarily not going to you know'm i talking about broker owners, team leaders, real estate agents, it, it, you know maybe developers have some more hands on access to that, but still we need to be the ones having the conversations yeah you know? absolutely. You know, as as Gary Keller likes to say, you know, we we are the local economist of choice. And if we start having those conversations, start altering the public dialogue around nimbyism and exclusionary zoning and homes or health, if we start having those conversations in public, it alters the clearing in which housing shows up.
0: Absolutely. And and again, that's the mantra of briefcase. We want to bring we want to bring everyone the information they need to make up their own mind. Um, But at least provide them with the data and the context and the different perspectives on these critical, critical things, because, you know, homelessness, mental health, supply, affordability, like inflation, all of these things are so important and are only getting more important as as the days go on.
1: Yeah, great. I really appreciate the work you do. And so. You know, I mean, again, this is probably a really crappy way to say it, but what's the upside for you and how long do you take writing that newsletter? And what's the upside for you in writing it? Is it just a passion for you? Is there, I mean, I know you don't get paid for it. I know it's a free newsletter, but you know, what brings you to do it? Yeah. Great question.
0: I spend a lot of time digesting real estate related news, both Mm -hmm. for my day job and my passion of real estate investing. So I am constantly finding new sources of information and reading articles and looking at different perspectives. So it's really not adding a whole lot of extra work to my day. I'm, I'm doing 90% of it. And I'm having conversations with people in my circle and network around these topics anyway. And I sort of write as my personality is. So, you know, write as I speak. So I'm not really... I'm not, honestly, I'm not really doing a whole lot of extra work by putting it uh putting it down on paper, and very often too, I get people asking me about you know what do you think about the rate hike what do you think about inflation right. so i'm I'm typing up emails about this stuff anyway, so I just figured i'd I'd start a newsletter and uh, write about all these topics and hopefully you know more people can benefit from from what I hope are insights or you know different ways of thinking about things
1: yeah very cool i mean i I can get it i I suspect it's a way of both formalizing your thinking, you know, like nothing gets sorted out more quickly, no no quicker way to sort something out, than to explain it to someone else, right? Then you get clear about what you know, and what you don't know. So there's a huge advantage there. And, you know, for you in in doing that, and then, you know, just the opportunity to get bigger, wider audience of people thinking about things that are important to you. I love it. I really appreciate that you do that. And I, you know, I mean, I'm going to be stealing all that information and (laughs) <laughs> creating content from it, but I'll credit you for it. You're more uh, than welcome to. Yeah, I figured you'd be happy about that. Absolutely. Very good. All right, well, Brad, what, you know, I, I appreciate you taking, you know, just getting into all that with us. I always like to ask the guests, what are they reading now? Or what's the last book they read that made a real big difference for them? What book recommendations do you have?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I actually just finished um, a book and I'm blanking on the author. He's uh, very famous, um, but a book called Traction. I don't know if you've heard of. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have that in my queue. Yeah. You know, I started listening to it and it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Tell me what it's about, because I remember I had it in my queue and I was like, "Mm." but what's it about?
0: Yeah, no, it's just about sort of managing your business. And that's something that I've been struggling with uh, as well is, is, you know, creating teams around me and, you know, running effective meetings and that kind of stuff. It's just a, it's a bit more of the, uh, you know, entrepreneurial operating system type type content. Uh, with a new spin on it. So anyone running a business or team, it, it, it just, it, it makes you think differently about how you're structuring um, all that kind of stuff. So definitely recommend it. And it's a short, it's a short read as well.
1: Yeah. Good. Okay, good. Well, that's now, now I'll have to run back at it and give it another shot. Cause I started, I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be more like the Jonah contagion or what uh, uh, um, things that stick you know, oh, I heard okay. it. In that, I heard it in that realm, like traction. Oh, well, give you marketing ideas, traction. But it turned out not to be that. You know, when you pick something up and it's not what you thought it was, it's was like, all right, I'm going to go listen. I got to go find something that's in the domain of what I thought it was. Absolutely. Um, but now that you've recommended it, I can go give it another shot. Very cool. Well, I, you know, like I said, uh, Brad, I just appreciate you taking, you know, 20 minutes sharing yourself. I I love the opportunity Love the chance to meet and um, you know, love to promote your stuff. And love to be a partner with you in the future any kind of brainstorming, any kind of networking you need down in the Pacific Northwest.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Aaron. And anytime uh, you see a Briefcase uh, uh, newsletter that you like and you want to chat more about it on the podcast, I'm happy to join. And any reader who wants to check out the free newsletter, it's briefcase.email. You can sign up right there and it comes directly from my email so you can respond to me and uh, we can have a chat about what topics are important to you. And maybe we'll, we'll, do, an epi- we'll do a newsletter about those topics too.
1: Uh, That's awesome. All right, good. And I'll put the link in the show notes. So, Brad, I appreciate it, man. Have a great, great day. And uh, thanks so much for your time.
0: Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Really appreciate the opportunity.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant
0: Life Podcast, brought to you by Christine & Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting-edge technology. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreasen and Aaron Hendon.
1: For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.